is, and he did get his hair cut today. It's true. And went to the hairdressers, and the hairdresser asked, what are we doing? And I said, mummy's not here, we'll do whatever we want. <laughs> so, Comes back bald like that. <laughs> Justin Bieber style with the line, and I did ask for a lightning bolt in the side, like a Lightning McQueen, cause Great yeah, he had man. his Lightning McQueen shirt on. I yeah, sense. loves Lightning McQueen. So we went for a lightning bolt on the side where it was a little bit shorter, but the hairdresser said it wasn't possible. His hair's too fine. I was devastated. Jesus. So I came home and tried it myself with oh, the clippers, no. little lightning bolt, and the hairdresser was right. Still didn't work. Well, uh, welcome to Coffee Talks. Uh, this episode is a little different. Well, not really. It's still another Coffee Talks episode, the standard, uh, the usual that you love. So thank you, everyone, for your comments about how you're enjoying the conversational aspect of it, the the chat and the relaxed side of the podcast. It really means a lot to me that people are enjoying listening to this. Uh, but this episode, the voice you just heard is that of a Mr. Aaron Hollier, uh, my old music teacher, my old mentor, really great guy. You know, this is a conversation uh, about his business he runs, about how he's changing things up from the creative industry into engineering. Uh, we talk all things about, you know, running a business, what it takes to drive. Uh, also, we talk all things about family, kids, his wife, you know, traveling, the things they've done and how they kind of manage that balance of work and home life so it's a really good episode you're really in for a treat here uh, as always thank you for listening to this uh, leave a review down below really love it when people leave comments and reviews about what they think of this podcast uh, and just really helps me put the direction of this podcast forward as much as i am the content creator of this podcast and the host uh, it's actually a lot based around you guys. If you guys like the episodes, the more you tell me you like, the more episodes I'll do like that. The more you tell me you dislike, the less I'll do episodes like that. It's simples. So if you like this episode, let me know, click review. Uh, and I would really appreciate it if you could share this podcast. Share this podcast with someone that you think might enjoy it. Uh, even if you think they won't enjoy it, share it with them anyway. They'll be right. They'll get over it. Maybe they'll like it. Maybe they'll surprise you. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, I'd appreciate it. Share this f- this uh, podcast around Facebook, Instagram, Twitters, um, Tinder, wherever you wherever you want to share things. You can share it any way you like, really. I won't be offended. Uh, but let's get into this episode, uh, a late night podcast with Aaron Hollier. I was drinking coffee out of an Elsa and Anna frozen cup from his house, so thank you for that, Aaron. But uh, without further ado, adieu. <laughs> without further ado, oh man, I can't say it. Whatever. Let's just get into the podcast. Like how ready? Like, do you want me to start off with a drum solo, or...? <laughs> That'd be pretty wicked. Today's show is built to you by Empire Arts Music. <laughs> with a drum solo. Mm. So how does this work? You <coughs> ask the first question. Pretty much, yeah. I'll introduce you. Uh, so welcome to the podcast. This is Mr. Aaron Hollier. Uh, give, us, give us your elevator pitch. This is what I tell people to do. Give me your elevator pitch. What's What do you do? What's your name? What's my name? Who am I? Yeah. What do I do? Where have I come from? Yeah. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So I'm Aaron. I live in Bathurst. I got a hot wife and two very cute kids. (laughs) You always say that. It's so true. They get their good looks from their mother. That's for sure. As long as I've known you, you've always just called you, referred to your wife as hot. How does she feel about that? Does she? She doesn't complain. Okay. So I assume she likes it. Cool. I've never asked her. Perhaps I'll ask her later on. Uh, so I've spent a couple of years in Bathurst, 
playing music, pretending to be a rock star. I've slowed that down. Now I've gone back to study, full-time study doing engineering. Yeah. Just to shake it up, change in life direction. And so now I'm here on a Wednesday night talking to one of my ex-students <laughs> from way back in the day. Yeah. Who's yeah. now on a similar journey of taking over the world. <laughs> so Aaron and I like, <clears throat> wow, what was that? Um, bit of phlegm. Bit of a Louis Armstrong kind of. <laughs> no, so we met obviously through. Did we meet before you started teaching me lessons? Or? I think it was at church when you maybe. Yeah. In about year five. You've six, yeah. Something yes. like that. When mm-hmm. I was playing Take on the World as a rock star. Yes. Printed the t shirts and everything. Good mate, Rye Baker, if you ever listen to this. We'll still Shout take, out the Rye. <laughs> we'll still take over the world someday. Uh, but yeah, so Aaron and I met through that, through church, through music. Um, and every lesson was just. You trying to convince me how good the Red Hot Chili Peppers are, and yes, Chad Smith is, and that's what most of my lessons were like. <laughs> that's it. That's pretty much that's it. <laughs> Let's YouTube Red Hot Chili Peppers. So yeah, to all those listeners, Tom was one of those punk students who never practiced. <laughs> I'd line up all these exercises, tell him explicitly <laughs> what to do, how many minutes, the shape, the structure, the order of what I need to do at home. And he'd come back and say, yeah, I did nothing. I just listened to Skrillex or whatever some Skrillex. Christian oh, screamo rock band you know was, was on. Christian, you know it was under oath. You know it was under, under oath, oath Aaron Gillespie. That's what it, Aaron Gillespie. And I was always cut because he had so much more hair than me. Yeah. Yes. And then he'd come back and we'd just talk about under oath for half an hour. And I'd send him off with some exercises. And he wouldn't do it. But he'd come back half an, uh, a week later and we'd talk about under oath again. But somehow he still managed to make progress i wasn't sure what was going on maybe it was just learning through osmosis or just listening to aaron gillespie but somehow he kept continued to progress develop his rudiments with only a limited amount of practice and see my question for you now that you've described me like that why did you why do you now pay me to teach for you (laughs) if you knew that i never practiced and was a horrible student Look, the reality is, uh, yeah, there is no reality. When it comes to education and the arts, I think, uh, personally, it's all about fun. Mm. It's just got to be exciting. It's just got to be interesting. Uh, And my approach to teaching, specifically music, has been if I can have fun playing music and have fun playing music with students and they have fun and it's all just a lot of fun then progress and achievement will occur automatically without even thinking about it yeah yeah cool and so i think that's been my approach it was with you back in the day tom and because you had that approach and you continue that approach even when i stopped teaching you Mm. you were still interested in music you still love music you still wanted to play music you still want to be a rock star uh, that's why I got you on board now. I thought he's yeah. got that approach. He's got that philosophy. And yeah, so cool. I want him as part of the team. Yeah. So I guess, it, so obviously just explain to everyone that doesn't know you. Uh, so you run Empire Arts. Yes. Uh, what is that? And where does that come from to where it is now? Obviously. Like, yes. So obviously we've done work together on Empire Arts and whatever, but mm-hmm. where has it come from the story? So the story is it started in my bedroom when I was 17. <laughs> I loved drums. and I thought I might teach a few of my youth kids, uh, the guys at church teach them the drums. So gave a few little drum lessons on a Tuesday afternoon. Loved it so much. Continued it through uni. Just hovered around the 20, 30 student mark. Uh, and then moved to Bathurst and continued it out here. Built up a different sort of clientele. Established a reputation. Moved into guitar, bass, piano. Continued with the drum kit. 
uh, anything that students would want me to teach them, I'd <laughs> give it a crack. And uh, it's grown from just private tuition with myself. I opened up or I bought a music school down in Manly and operated that remotely. That had another nine teachers there and that was going on the side for a few years as well. Put that to the side when a few big family things happened. The family home burnt down in 2013 mm. and I had a baby and... Just just a, a few, few things. things. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> so that was parked and just put to the side. And just recently now in the last year or so, uh, I've moved away from full-time teaching as I've picked up studying engineering mm-hmm. and brought on a few guys to take over the teaching role. Yeah. And so now we're in Bathurst uh, teaching whatever, again, whatever Everything. students want us to teach. <laughs> so if you have a need, we've got a person that is willing to learn it. <laughs> we will find a solution for you. Yeah, yeah. One way or another. Yeah. And so now the plan is to uh, move beyond just the bread and butter of private tuition. Mm-hmm. And we've got a few bands going on and orchestras and choirs and the works and holiday workshops and move down the direction of uh, an arts hub that's not just music tuition but draws in graphic design uh, entrepreneurialism in the arts scene as well Mm -hmm. does some mentoring business advisory (laughs) services podcasts yes an empire podcast we'll take over tomdwyer.com and (laughs) just capitalize on multiple revenue streams within the arts industry Mm -hmm. yeah do you still are you still connected to the manly one no yeah okay that's all done and shut down and yeah just kept all the equipment. That's all just parked in the shed. <laughs> but the premises is gone. Yep. Suckers in Manly. You lost. <laughs> we win. We got Aaron back here. So that's the main thing. Um, that's cool. Yeah, I like it. So like our history obviously has just been explained. Uh, and we kind of didn't didn't lose contact. Like we just kind of, obviously with me moving Orange and you having family houses burned down and kids and traveling the world, which yes. we into. Uh, I guess lost regular contact let's call it that regular contact i mean i hated it i mean what i mean i love tom you didn't speak to me for three years (laughs) um and then somehow we got back in touch you uh, you wanted to be a model that's right yeah i still do want to be a model that's fair well i mean good thing you've got a a body but but (laughs) this joke isn't even worth saying now that i've stuffed up (laughs) so yes i'm about to pursue a modeling career as part of empire arts as well yeah just on the side yeah um, and so you modelled for a shoot I did for Ivory Rose Botanicals, local forest, and then yes. I think we caught up at the George over a beer. That's right. And I just went, that was great to catch up with Aaron. And That's then- right. Yeah, because there was a <laughs> there was an ad on Facebook saying models wanted, <laughs> and it was your ad, Tom, uh, and my sister-in-law tagged me in it or something. I don't know how you use Facebook, poked me, <laughs> whatever she did. She made me look at that ad because I'm always carrying on about my haircut and whatnot with the family. Brilliant haircut. Uh, thank great. you very much. Yeah, it's all just migrating south to the chin. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, saw that, I thought, it's time. Yeah. It's time. And step out of my comfort zone and do my first modelling gig, which wasn't paid. Hmm. Oh, no, I did get a cupcake. You got a cupcake? I got a cupcake. I think I, did I shout beers? I don't know. Uh, probably. Who knows? And so, yeah, caught up then after that modelling gig. And I've had multiple modeling gigs since. That just launched that part of my career as well. But yeah. Selfies don't count. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. If that was the case, I'd be like the Kylie Jenner of dudes. <laughs> if that's Tom, even possible. You do do a lot of selfies. Ah, but see, I take them on a proper camera, which therefore makes them not a selfie. 
means I've been professionally photographed. Does it improve your looks though? No, but if you send it, if if see if you sent your resume to a modeling agency that yes. said professional selfie taker, yeah, and I sent one that said has been photographed professionally. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm operating the camera on a self timer, mm-hmm. and yes, it's still technically a selfie. Yes, but if I say that I've been professionally photographed, that sounds better. <laughs> How did I not know this? Uh, because we haven't had that conversation yet. All right, <laughs> we've had lots of other conversations, <laughs> and most of our conversations revert back to taking over the world businesses yes they do don't they pretty good and so that's how yeah we chatted over beers and i was just like cool it's good to see aaron again i haven't seen him in so long and i'm pretty sure actually i'm pretty sure when you text me about that modeling gig i'd like you because i'd switched phones multiple times yes i was like it comes up with like maybe aaron and so i was like okay i think this is aaron and, and i was like wait which aaron like i know a couple of aaron's aaron gillespie and, and you did, i'm famous and you didn't even say like my wife aaron or say anything or send a photo of yourself you just said hey me and my wife are keen or something Did like I? that. Yeah, and I was like, who is this person? Like, you and what life? And that's why I, I think I was like, oh, we need some photos so I can show the rest of the team because I need to make sure it was you. Which Aaron it was. And I wasn't just signing up some total random Aaron. That's what he says anyway. That's just a screening check to make sure that they were happy. There wasn't an ugly so-and-so. Yeah. But I left that conversation after beers being like, yeah, it was good to catch up Aaron, but you probably, I think you left and you were like, wow, I'm actually surprised with little non-practicing Tom. Talk yourself up. You told me this. <laughs> you were surprised. I was. Because we'd spent a few years, you know, working together on music and you were just a teenager. And you went through your punk teenage years where you're brat and annoying. It was around 15, 16. You grew out of it at, 23. at about 20, no, 17. Uh, and at that point uh, in time, you finished HSE and we just lost contact a bit. And so my memory of you was, yeah, this funny <laughs> student who just loved talking about under oath and didn't practice, went through his semi-rebellious years, 15, 16, and then you just pop up again out of the blue, having all these skills and insights and a business and 15,000 followers on your YouTube channel. I was just like, who is this kid? He's grown up. This is amazing. I literally have 150 followers on YouTube. That's it. Oh, I just had a few zeros. <laughs> just a few. Yeah, okay. So, well, that's cool. I'll, I'll take it as like a, a yeah. vote of confidence. Sure, I saw more zeros. Yeah. So it was a very nice surprise to see student a student who had grown up and taken life in his hands and really started to give it a good crack and make some opportunities and make some connections and take a risk and make a dream. <laughs> Thanks for chucking in the Light City Creative slogan in there. What, is that yours? Yeah. Oh, I sure made that one yeah. up. Oh, far out. <laughs> lies. You know, lies. Um, is yeah. that what it is? Take a risk, make a dream. Okay, if I'm being honest with you, it was take a risk, create a dream. Create a dream. But I've now shifted it to just create, uh, take risks, create dreams. Just be punchier, you know, like I want people to hear that and be like, you know. Get rid of other words and just say risk, dream. (laughs) I'll just do that. I'll just like stand up at any wedding expo and just be like, risk and dream. I had a dream <laughs> that we would take risks. <laughs> Inspirational, though. Pretty good. I like um, it. No, so that was, that's, you know, my life slogan, hence why I'm here doing a podcast <laughs> yeah. uh, with this delicious Nespresso coffee. Steady on. It's a pod. In an Elsa cup. In an Elsa, yeah. Uh, 
Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Elsa and I. Elsa and I. Yeah, I'm glad this is an audio-only podcast and not visual. Thank goodness. Because people don't know how ugly I really am. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> no, it's cool. So, obviously, you were starting uh, Empire Arts and, and whatnot in that business realm. Uh, did you do, like, what kind of work or degrees and stuff behind have you done to back that? Like... You were just talking me up a bit as this guy with all these skills. Really, yes. is I have zero degrees or anything. Yes, it's just whatever. Like, what's what's your philosophy on that? Like degrees and and studying engineering. Like, uh, with spe- specific reference to the arts industry or the music industry or life in general. Uh, let's go life in general because I find quite often people that are tailored towards that the arts industry are all like, oh, it doesn't matter. Yes. But I guess now that you're doing engineering, like, what caused you to go back and do engineering? Like. Why didn't you just shoot for an engineering job? Ah, yes. Good question. So, every industry is going to be different. Mm-hmm. And the black and white answer is you can't become a chartered engineer without formal qualifications. Yeah. It's as simple as that. However, you can do engineering-ish work yeah. without those qualifications. Mm-hmm. So... As a, a core question, does one need formal qualifications to achieve in life? Yes and no. <laughs> sometimes yes and sometimes no. Uh, with the engineering specifically, I think it's very important mm-hmm. to pursue further education. Because yeah. you, don't, you don't have a business degree or anything. Like You don't have no. any qualifi- qualifications towards running. Correct. Uh, an empire <laughs> yeah uh, but you do have like your teaching background obviously you've got degrees in teaching and, and whatnot and honestly it's something I joked around with a lot of my clients because that was something I value just honesty and that was I would tell them I'm the most underqualified music teacher in Bathurst mm-hmm. I don't have formal music qualifications I've got a bachelor of education and that was very useful in establishing connections and mm-hmm. networking yeah and uh, building a framework from which I could actually teach upon and certainly enhance my teaching capacity. Mm-hmm. But with respect to my musical ability, I'm certainly not the greatest musician in the world. Mm-hmm. I'm certainly not the greatest music teacher in the world. Yep. But I found a niche and found what I love doing mm-hmm. and ran with it. Yeah. And so you've obviously built your client base your your students and their families based around I, I guess that branding essentially like that is the personality behind the brand of that you know yes you will learn music but we value fun and, and connection and networking and community more than the actual musical side of it yes more than the scales and the exercises yeah. and the routines yeah it's not about getting a you know a whatever musical it shows, shows how musical I am <laughs> All I know is the one kid in my year in HSC Music had was like a band name, piano or whatever, whatever that's called. Really smart. And I beat him and I was super stoked. Nailed so, it. You know, that, that was good for me. But, you know, it's not just about that for you guys with the business. Yes. Yeah. And that was one thing that I really, uh, obviously, in working with you in rebranding online and stuff, I think that was something that we tried to push pretty heavily because I think that was really important. Like a, a core behind the business is it's about the community that's built around Empire Arts. Very much so, because there's certainly a time and place for the scales and the discipline and the order and the structure and routine, mm-hmm. and some students love that, and some teachers love that, and some parents love that, and so there's always 
an opportunity to put that into your curriculum and develop a, a product or a service yep. that runs down that direction. Mm-hmm. But that just didn't line with my passions and my vision and my direction uh, at, when I first started, nor did it throughout the duration of my career. And as such, I just didn't put it in. Yep. If I'm not passionate about it, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, okay. So, hence, yes, it was more about the relationships yeah. Yeah, cool. and all the other facets of music. Yeah. I like that. I like it a lot. That's why I'm happy to be part of Empire Arts. Yeah, well, it's been good, you know, having you on board. I do ask the parents because they were all my old students. Yeah, yeah. That's good to know. know. (laughs) I have good relationships (laughs) with those students and the parents and often emails. How's Tom going? Has he been doing this song? Has he been doing that song? Are you enjoying it? And yes, the parents say their kids are having a good time. They're having yeah, fun times, really enjoying it, which is what I wanted to happen. I didn't want you to jump on board and be Aaron Hollier. I wanted you to come in and just be Tom Dwyer, but still use your own philosophies, which I know resonated with where the direction was, where mm-hmm. the company was going, yeah. uh, and just set your own trajectory with yep. where you wanted to go with the kids. I'm, I'm glad that there's that kind of feedback there because... Here I was teaching today, kind of going, what if these parents are like, what is this moron doing? I've been doing the same song for four weeks. Like, seriously. Come on. Come on. (laughs) No, it's like, I'm happy. That's good. Um, And so what, I guess, what is your drive behind, like you talked about, you were 17 and you went, let's just teach some of my students. But what, what was it that sparked that idea really? Like, did you see a need or did you kind of go, hey, this is a way to make money or hey, this is going to be fun or... Like what, what's pushing you, what pushed you originally, but what continues to drive you to run and manage a business? Like obviously with doing engineering, you could easily just go, we're going to close doors, mm-hmm. I'm going to pursue engineering and that's that. What's, what's keeping you open? Yes. Why am I still doing music teaching? Hmm. And why did I choose to have so many students and work long hours and <laughs> do it for all those years? When you're right, I could have just gone and done something mm-hmm. much simpler, much less taxing. Yeah. Uh, because I enjoyed it so much. Yep. I just had a fantastic time. I was doing 12-hour days. You just start at 7.30 in the morning with the first student. They roll in. Mm-hmm. There's about 22, 23 students in a row. You punch out your 12-hour day. And come 7.30, 8 o'clock at night, I found I had more energy than at the beginning of the day. Mm-hmm. Seeing students achieve things and being part of their journey and watching them break through personal hurdles mm-hmm. was very exciting to watch. Yeah. And I just wanted to be a part of that yeah. so much. And so I could come home and have a hobby like gardening or something or an Xbox, but I just... <laughs> I just don't care enough Gardening. about those things. I've seen your front back <laughs> I just don't care enough about those things yeah. to invest time in them. Yeah. Uh, and so it's, I think it's really just a love of music and a love of education yeah. and a love of being alongside people and watching them yeah. change and grow. Yeah. That's why I've done it. Yeah. And did you jump like full time into this straight away or did you do the whole, you know, work a side job at McDonald's or something? Yep. And then... Uh, through university, mm-hmm. the first time around, Bachelor of Education, I maintained about that 20, 30 student mark. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of university, I, for the primary teaching degree, I realized I just didn't care 
about students' literacy or numeracy enough yeah. to justify going into a classroom. <laughs> Paying another $20,000 or whatever, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just couldn't do that. So I thought, let's give music a crack. And mm-hmm. I gave myself one year okay. to establish a business and a clientele that would be equal to a primary school teacher wage. Okay. And in that first year, it happened. Nice. Set up the business plan, set up the structures, put everything in place, uh, and just kickstarted the business. Mm-hmm. And uh, after that 12-month period, I realized it was viable. Yeah. And so I just continued. Yeah. And so you weren't working another job while doing that straight away? No. Yeah, well, that's really interesting. It was all music tuition. Yeah, because most people, I guess, start by doing another job mm. for however long, whether it's a full-time yep. job that you studied for, so, so you're teaching, yes. and then on the side, start the other business and bring that business into the full-time job, yes, um, or working at McDonald's or whatever. Like. So that's actually really interesting that you just jumped. I think there were a few <coughs> things that made it work at yep. the beginning, and one of them was I said yes to everything. Yeah. And I realized early on that I had to diversify my skill set mm-hmm. and the services that I offered. Otherwise, a sustainable income wouldn't be produced. Yep. So initially, I just wanted to teach drums. Yep. I was nervous and cautious about teaching piano. I did eighth grade on piano and I knew all the scales and had it all there, but I was still very cautious mm-hmm. about piano. But I just had to get over that. Yep. And so all of a sudden... I brought in some piano students and then those piano students had siblings who wanted guitar lessons. And yeah. so it had to flow on that way. And I said yes to percussion groups and primary school rock bands and yeah. creative. Art. I just had to say yes to everything, even though it was outside of my skill set and outside of what I was interested in or mm-hmm. thought I would be doing. Yeah. But because of that, it just seemed to snowball. Yeah. And the connections were made and the work just kept flowing. And after a couple of years, I was able to pick and choose yeah, what okay. I did yeah. and did not Pinpoint want to do. Pinpoint the niche a bit more. Correct. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's really interesting. So it was that attitude at the beginning. Just say yes yeah. to everything. Yeah, okay. Just take on everything you can until yep. you can't take on anymore. Yes. Uh, and so did you find doing that, um, knowing myself through business, obviously, like, taking on a lot obviously takes a lot out of you yes you know me being a young single dude it's a lot easier i can work 24 7 honestly and not give two hoots because i don't mm-hmm. have anyone to sad to say i don't have anyone to go home to like i don't have a wife and kids to go home to did that provide problems or difficulties for you as like a family like how much were you working did you divide time how did you manage that whole too much work because you had to keep taking it on but family time as well yes it's always an ongoing not a battle at mm-hmm. all, but it's an ongoing discussion. Yeah. Yeah. And what's right at one point in time is not right at another point in time. Sure. And so at the beginning, it was important to put in long hours mm-hmm. to make it work. Yeah. And then I realized I loved it so much. So I continued to put long hours in. Mm-hmm. And Erin has been very supportive of it. Yeah. She knows that it's been such a a rewarding career. Mm -hmm. So she has really just given me free reign to do with my career what I would like to do. Sure. Yeah. And there are times where, you know, you put in the 70 hours and you think, I really want to be at home right now. And having an understanding, a deep understanding of where your head is at Mm -hmm. and where your relationship at 
is that is critical yep to ensuring the sustainability yeah i think it is yep and so it was a constant process of evaluation sure. and self-reflection and ensuring that it was going at the right pace <laughs> with respect to life's priorities yeah and of course it didn't always go according to plan yeah or go correctly yeah um but even now and you know for the rest of our life it'll be this mm-hmm. ongoing discussion yeah for sure and so did you have to specifically kind of you know even if it wasn't out loud to your wife or to business or whatever like mentally go okay you know i need to make sure that i take out two hours of my day every time that i have dinner with the family or you know take off weekends so that i can do family stuff on weekends like was there a process around that you went or did you just kind of wing it mm-hmm. and just kind of work with what works best <laughs> work with what's working <laughs> best uh, there was a lot of winging going on yeah tough but- my life <laughs> wing everything <laughs> it's very important to be intentional with yep. your time sure and I learned from a few of my mentors that, uh, you know, your greatest asset mm-hmm. is your time. And I found that when I did more, I wanted to do more. Yep. Meaning work long hours. Therefore, my family time is restricted. Mm-hmm. And because I'm doing all this stuff, then it made me exploit and capitalize on the limited time that I did have. Yep. So every minute was utilized. Because I worked long hours, I was very aware of not wasting time. Mm-hmm. And so in a funny way, uh, I love working more because it makes me cherish the time when I am with the kids yep. and with my wife. Yeah, you, prefer, you find more value in the time you have as opposed to trying to push more time. Is that very what, is that, much so. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's fun. Like, I'm a huge, I don't know whether we've ever discussed this before, but I'm a huge believer that life comes into two main things, which is priorities and passion. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, priorities always change. No matter what people say, people are always like, oh, my priority's set on this. It's going to change on a daily basis. Yes. Because you could wake up in the morning and have a text from your mum that says, hey, look, your grandmother's in hospital. So immediately your priority goes, okay, do what I can to see my grandmother, no matter mm-hmm. what's going on like that, your priority will shift. Uh, whereas if you're not passionate enough about something, you won't prioritize it. So for example, you know, if you're not passionate about family, then you're not going to prioritize that over your business. Mm -hmm. Uh, if you're not passionate about business, you're not going to put that as a top priority in your life and therefore Mm -hmm. succeeding is going to be harder Mm -hmm. because you have to push more past it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I, I like that aspect about rather than trying to extend the time you have because so many people kind of go oh I need to make sure that I spend seven hours with my family every mm-hmm. day or every week or whatever it is mm. but I think it's I think it makes more sense to find more value in the time that you do have mm-hmm. and be strategic with it. so I mean so many people I know like particularly business people would be like oh hey you know like I've got four hours with the family at home and rather than you know, try and prioritize everything they can into that four hours mm. they would try and extend it to five hours but then in the end spend half that time you know, distracted by thinking about work still or distracted mm-hmm. about phone or, you know, and it's, it's hard with obviously running a business because it is constant. You've got emails, phone, blah, blah, blah. But I think if you find the value in the time that you do have, that's more important and will, I think, you know, reap better than what extending the time is, I think. Does that make sense? Yes. 
Very much so. I hope that makes sense to everyone. <laughs> uh, you can become very lazy with your time. If yes. there's no deadlines, if there's no pressure, if there's no stress for time, you can become lazy mm-hmm. with your intentionality and that's when time's wasted. Yeah, exactly. And I just am not interested in wasting time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not that I don't have time to waste, it's just I don't want to waste yeah, yeah. time. Yeah. 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 And so how does, it, how does your day look then? Obviously, you know, with teaching, with uni, with family, with everything yep what, what's your your rough schedule like are you one of those early birds that's up at 4am going to the gym getting that two hour time in <laughs> not quite four no up at five gym at okay. 5.30 till six yep that'd be five days a week come home wake up the kids we'll party for an hour or so uh, get them dressed get them into their and they um, really do party like <laughs> he's not under exaggerating it. they really do party crank the tunes uh, have some brekkie then I'll push off at about eight o'clock mm-hmm. and do the engineering stuff, whatever that is, the uni or sure. the work placement. Knock off at about four, five, come home. And these days it's different. I am enjoying uh, a nine to five situation. Yeah, because you're not teaching after school hours. Because I'm not teaching after school. Mm. And it's something I've never had. Yeah. At least not with the kids. Yeah. And so this... Um, conventional normal working week of 35 hours um, you know at least in one place yeah. it's very strange and be, it's been going be. like that for the last six weeks yeah and I get bored in the afternoon <laughs> it's quite an adjustment getting <laughs> used to this and then the kids will go down 6.30 then again just keep partying we can stop that we don't want what happens after 6.30 <laughs> good not on radio anyway <laughs> so <laughs> That's the day in a nutshell. Yeah. We are going through a period of change with the engineering and the new job placements, mm-hmm. and that yeah. won't continue like this. Yeah, because you've been away placement-wise and stuff. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Um, that would be a huge adjustment, I can imagine. Because like, I guess even with you and Erin, like your wife worked nine to five. Yes. And then you would teach three to seven, eight, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I guess finding time for the two of you like and family would have been really different because you would have been not free during the day but freer while she's at work yes Uh, so I still taught in the day okay yep Yep. so I had students during school hours and then after school hours okay sure yeah yeah. Uh, but still I never had dinner with the family Mm -hmm. it's only now that I'm here for the night time and dinner routine and so Erin and I would connect when the kids were down and I got Mm -hmm. back from work yeah yeah and how do you find the dinner routine? I love it. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. It's hilarious, man. They crack me up. Oh, they came in today to teach. In, I teach in Aaron's house for those trying to figure out why I just rocked up to Aaron's house to teach. Uh, and James runs out and he's like, hi, Tom. I'm like, hey, man. He's like, I found my dummies. And I was like, cool. Cool. <laughs> and then his tractor was like sitting here, like between me at the end of the room and him at the other end of the room. And he goes, can I have my tractor? And Aaron was like, you can get it. He goes, like runs across, <laughs> grabs it, runs back. And then for five minutes wanted to show me his tractor. But he like, this is that awkward shyness that was just really weird. I was kind of like, oh, yeah, this kid's cute. I'll, I'll let him be. Super cute. He is. <laughs> and he did get his hair cut today. It's true. And went to the hairdressers. And the hairdresser asked, what are we doing? And I said, Mummy's not here. We'll do whatever we want. <laughs> so, Comes back bald like that. <laughs> Justin Bieber style with the line. And I did ask for a lightning bolt in the side 
like a Lightning McQueen. Cause yeah, he had his Lightning McQueen shirt on. Yeah, loves Lightning McQueen. So we went for a Lightning Bolt on the side where it was a little bit shorter, but the hairdresser said it wasn't possible. His hair's too fine. I was devastated. So <laughs> I came home and tried it myself with the oh, clippers, no. little Lightning Bolt, and the hairdresser was right. Still didn't work. So there's no Lightning Bolt. I don't know what's going on. Is his on. hair ruined though? Have you like, yeah. did you have to shave the half of his head off completely? <laughs> He'll be wearing a hat for the next few days. Let us leave it at that. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, yeah, you were totally the person that would do that. <laughs> like, I can just I was picture. Devastated. I can picture exactly how that conversation went. When the lightning bolt did come out, you would have you would have walked in the door, passed me music lessons. James said hello. You would have gone in and be like, "Cool, where are the clippers?" <laughs> Straight up. That's pretty much how it was. <laughs> I love it. No, they're cute kids. Super cute. Super cautious of me. Yeah, you're a scary person. Yeah. I I guess I'm almost like quadruple their size. You've got a face for radio, Tom. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I got these scars. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Um, But so outside of business, uh, travel is what seems to be quite a big part of your life. Yeah. Uh, You like it? You and your wife are always jetting everywhere. Uh, What's the best place you've been? Uh, every holiday we've had has been unique and different and memorable for its own reason. Mm-hmm. So the first trip to Europe we had, <coughs> double income, no kids. We just spent so much a money. Dink. <laughs> That's what we were. I love that term. Someone <laughs> dropped it to me once and I was like, oh, does that make me a sink? <laughs> yes. <laughs> sink. And we spent way too much money in Paris eating out and living in five-star accommodation. (laughs) It was unreal. And that was in our early 20s. And so we've got some great memories from that. Now, our last trip to Italy and Croatia was with two kids on a budget airline, Airbnb, and we didn't go to any museum or any art gallery. We just went to the beach. And that's it. And both holidays, you know, either end of our married life, mm-hmm. have been fantastic for different reasons. Yeah. Uh, the latest trip, so we went to Croatia and Italy. Mm-hmm. It was very special watching the kids interact with the little old Italian ladies. <laughs> and yeah. the ladies at the Thai airport. <laughs> the Thai airport. They all just love those. Two. Did they? Is it because James is a little blonde? Yes. Dude, my entire childhood, right, grew up being photographed by Asians. <laughs> it's no, like, no joke. I honestly actually wonder how many family trip albums I'm in. Yeah. Like, do they go home and they're like, oh, look, great. <laughs> three sister, three sister, Kotumba, young blonde boy. <laughs> I'm like, what? And then I, remember, I specifically remember getting super jealous and chucking a huge tantrum. Yeah. I was like, three or four like super young yeah. tantrum when my younger brother got photographed instead of me yeah Nick yeah he's way better looking than you well I didn't know that this was when he was just around so like I didn't know that I'd been the star of the show for four or five years yeah, your competition and comes along this little punk curly haired yeah. kid no right. longer about just blonde hair blue eyes straight hair it was curls mm. they got the Asians how is that kid hey well. Again, another student who never practiced, but still somehow <laughs> made some progress. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I always felt sorry. I, and we've had this discussion, so if you happen to listen to this, 
which she probably never will. No. Although I did say that about mum in one of my last episodes and that was the first episode she listened to. I was like, oh, oh whoops. Uh, so sorry, mum, if you listen to this episode. Uh, but I totally lost. Oh, yeah, Nick, like having lessons with you and whatever, the same thing. Like you taught him, he played in church. You taught me, I played in church. Same kind of scenario. Poor kid has grown up in my shadow. Mm. And I don't mean that in a trying to talk myself up way. I mean that in like... You know, I was a drummer at church. Then I left and he became a drummer at church. And everyone's like, oh, you play drums like Tom. Mm. You know, he went to the school where I was school captain. And they're like, oh, you're Tom's brother. And you were school captain. I was school captain at both my schools, man. you kidding me. <laughs> How many guys were in the grade? Uh, One? And, <laughs> just between me and another guy. <laughs> uh, no, no, in primary school, there was like, oh, it was a small school. So there's still, in you know, grade was in like 10 kids. Yeah. Um, did you go? Did you get a badge? I did. I did. Oh. I was so I was vice captain the year before, mm. house captain the year before that, mm. and then school captain in year six. It was same with Christian school in high school. Is yeah. up. I was. We used to do in the end of year eight was a trial month. Mm-hmm. You could uh, trial term. Sorry. So one student was picked in year eight to be a trial student. Mm. I got the fourth term, then became year nine next term, mm. and joined the SRC, and then from that year they didn't do the trial month. So then I was technically on there for the, on the SRC, which is Student Representative Council, for the maximum time possible because I had that extra, wow. extra term <laughs> and then was, yeah, 9, 10, 11, 12 and school captain in year 12. Put that on your resume. Um, yeah, the poor kid just kind of grew up in that shadow of me. Even went to McDonald's where I worked for years, gets a job there like, hey, Tom's brother. Like, but no, he's doing well. He's a mechanic now, so he's total opposite field of me. Or he's, Apprentice mechanic, but yes, good to see him do his own thing. Oh, good on him. He's he's him. taken up some car photography, so I've seen a few things pop up. He's swinging his way back into that shadow a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> he's still got some creative thing going there. Yeah, he's doing well. He's just taking photos of cars, loves it. You know, it's a good time. Good on him. Basically, everything he knows about photos he learned from me, but you know, yeah, again, still in your shadow. Yep, <laughs> that's his choice, I guess. <laughs> um, where did we get? We came from travel to this. Travel uh, to this. Did you want to go back to the travel? Um, yeah, let's you go can back talk about to... your Canadian trip if you want. I'll do a solo episode. Back okay. Because <laughs> I won't. I'm gonna take up a whole hour talking myself. <laughs> but like, so what I did was the. Actually, I talked a bit about it in my last week. Which actually, we could talk about this. So I did a solo episode. Two weeks ago, you just talked to yourself. Yeah, for an so hour. a couple of uh, clearly, Aaron has listened to the podcast and knows exactly what he's in for with this episode. Um, but no, no, the solo episode is shorter because I can't sustain talking to someone, right? <laughs> and it feels super weird sitting in your own little studio, being like, "No, that wouldn't feel weird at all." <laughs> hey, I do the I do these ones where like I have a not a catchphrase, but like like people I dink it and drink it with the coffee. Yes, and when it's me, I might dink it. <laughs> against the mic and then drink it to myself it's kind of sad really um but i talked about uh the influence of social media as a content creator and whatever in which yes. i do uh and how everyone was like i go back and i was like wow your canada trip looks so amazing like you did this you did that blah, blah, blah. And, and it was it was really good uh but what people don't see is that you know my car needed new tires new battery everything while i was away so i came back like pretty much zero dollars at which point you were like, hey, do you want to teach me? I'm like, hey, sure. yes, I do. <laughs> um, but, you know, like you being on your trip, you, you're not very connected in social media. And I mean that in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how do you find it? Like seeing people, I guess you would have been to all the tourist spots where everyone's taking all these photos and posting them. Were you still taking photos? Were you like, what's the, were you putting up that Instagram life with your travels or not really? Uh it's an ongoing discussion between Erin and I. She says, take more photos, and I say, let's take less photos. Yeah, right. 
why why take less we're popular are these all our phones going on <laughs> it's actually my is brother that, legitimately it's your brother he wants to be a part of this probably he's probably like bro where's my podcast with you <laughs> no he's not we're just gonna pause while Tom checks <laughs> no, his Nick's messages no Nick's saying how do you share people's post to your insta story well, like I said he has no idea what he's doing he's just learning it all from me I'll we're just gonna pause this podcast while Tom sorts out his <laughs> social media he's he's uh, un, unknowledgeable brother in social media <laughs> Uh, do continue your what was the question again uh, your battle between you and your wife between take more ah, photos yes. less photos why do you take that philosophy of take less photos okay so uh, I always say let's not take photos can we just put the camera away and I have a lovely time just I'm there in the moment get to see the kids I'm not worried about a screen and then I get back to the Airbnb and think oh I wish I took photos. I wish I had some video of that. <laughs> ah, damn. That was such a memorable experience. First time my son has eaten Italian pasta, and now I don't have that. And now I don't have that on memory. So I don't have an answer for that one, but okay. I, I, I just uh, don't like being distracted. Yep. I just like being where I am, looking at what I'm looking at, for sure. and not having to think about a click. Yep. And if there's someone else who can take the photos, fantastic. Hey, look... Pay for my trip, and I'll take all the photos you want. That'd be pretty cool. Tempting. Think of the times we'd have. Think of the times we'd have. Pretty sure I've tried to convince you this already. Tom, you'd just be the awkward fifth wheel with my family. Bro, I don't care. Your kids love me. (laughs) Think of the free babysitting. Think of the free... Oh, okay. Now we're talking. Yeah. All I I ask is, is if we go to Italy one night, just Italian wine, kids at home. What, you and me out? Yeah, or no, you and I. Baby- okay. No, no, I'll babysit any other night. That doesn't bother me. But as long as I get one night of Italian wine. And one just, night of Italian wine. And, and we'll do a late night podcast and call it like late night edition of Coffee Talks where it's actually just wine talks <laughs> and things could go super pear-shaped. All right. <laughs> Sounds like a hot date then. Cute. I'm down. So <laughs> social media then? <laughs> yeah. So, no, but it's, it's, it's funny because I like being a, someone whose living is based around yes. photographs. You know, 90% of my money comes from that. Uh, And even, and I found doing this Canada trip, I was like, yeah, this is amazing. Like Niagara Falls um, was just phenomenal. And I'm like, this is awesome. And I want to take as many photos as I can so that I can come back and sell photos and make money. Like, Mm. yes, that went through my mind. But at the same time, you stand there and you kind of go, I just don't want to take photos because I want to take it in. Mm. And I'm pretty sure there was like a, a... internal battle that went on for probably 45 minutes in my brain it was like take a photo no don't take a photo take that photo delete that photo no don't do that whatever um but yeah it's just it's an interesting the way different people do it and i wondered whether you know going on a family trip mm-hmm. you would take more photos you know i know that your wife came to me asking how to back up her photos because she's run out of storage on her phone yes uh, so i assume that she took all the photos and you just enjoyed the moment she took thousands <laughs> yes and <coughs> Which I'm very appreciative of. <laughs> yeah. I now that you got it. back home, you're like, no, this is great. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm so glad <laughs> we've got those memories at the time. I just think, oh, I just don't want to think about clicks. Uh, and the videos as well, they're beautiful. Yeah. The, we sit down often at night and just flick through them. Just yeah. scroll through the photos of the holiday. Yeah. Do you print any of them? Do I print any of them? Mm. No. Is that a thing? Do people still print? Dude, yeah. Who prints? Everyone prints. How have I missed this? There's a whole movement in wedding photographers based to be around print new photos. Well, it's only been out for like seven years. We got our wedding photos printed. So there's a period where people stopped printing was there and now it's coming back. I think it, I think it was not stop printing, 
But I think because everyone went digital, obviously, and, yes. and photos came, like I delivered my photos online to couples or whatever. Yes. Uh, and I think people just go, cool, that's great. We can save it, put it on our phones, put it on our laptops. Uh, but I intentionally, with my couples, I print them a big photo and send it to them and they look at it and they're just like, whoa. Mm. Like, like, there's nothing, no one will ever see a huge photo of them, provided it's a good photo. Uh, but, you know, I wouldn't send them a photo of like, <laughs> Eyes half closed, half drunk on the dance floor, like, yeah. Um, Put that on your kitchen wall. <laughs> but yeah, no one would ever uh, dislike a big, good photo of themselves from anywhere. I, I, would, I would argue that. And so that's why print has kind of come back a bit because, um, like, I know a wedding photographer who I've interviewed on the podcast, Joel, who didn't do albums for his couples or didn't print any of his photos for his couples for the past three years he's been in business. Mm -hmm. And then he's recently signed up with a printing company and started, and they sent him an album as like a, here's what it looks like. Yes. He was just like, holy crap, how have I never done this? It's a printing thing. Yeah, it's a big thing. It's coming back. So printing's coming back. Yeah. That's good because we've got a wedding album that's all printed off. Mm -hmm. Lovely. It's very nice. Do you have hair in it? Yeah. I looked incredible that day. It must have been like 50 years before I was born. Pretty much. That was the peak of my good looks. <laughs> the peak. That's the day. You've got that timeless, bald head bearded look. You need to put a photo of this ugly mug, I think, next to the podcast. How does oh, yeah. the podcast go up? Does it go online? <laughs> this is actually... I was literally just thinking this in my brain while you were talking. We were talking about social media just then. I'm like... I normally end the podcast being like, so where can people find you? And everyone's like, find me at this Instagram, this website, this... And I'm like... I honestly won't have to ask that about Aaron. Find me at 202 Ranking Street. <laughs> Come and say, hey. Uh, do you want me to cut that out, that address? I don't care. <laughs> um, but I, what were we just talking about? I just got super sidetracked. Me looking really good on my wedding day. Prior to that, it was talk about your brother. Yeah, it was just us. Yeah, I remember back talking about the blonde, uh, the bald head. Bald head, bearded look. And printing uh, photos. And printing photos, yeah. Somehow we got to that. Travel, that's where it all came from. Yeah. But what I was going to say about the bald head, bearded look was, yes. I think there comes a point in certain guys' lives that you either have to just fully accept to go fully bald, bald mm-hmm. and, and either embrace the beard or no beard. Yes. Because there's no in between. I agree. Like there, there's people I know that have a solid head of hair that could shave their head and it would grow back totally cool and uh, myself included Mm. there's other people I know that are still you can just look at them and you go you're just holding on to that last strand of hair (laughs) a little too long (laughs) just like just go for it oh man like if you embrace that solid beard that you have with a bald head you would have a girlfriend anytime (laughs) but just hold on to that a little bit longer if you're listening to this podcast, you know who you are. <laughs> are you talking about your father, Tom? Oh, you're rude. Dear, dear. <laughs> no. Dad, dad was one of those people that went, I can shave part of my head off. Or well, not part of it. Shave my head off and it'll grow back. Never grow back. So, And he openly tells that story, so that's fine. Maybe we should get him on the podcast one day. Yeah. It'd be interesting. You'd have a few interesting things to say. Uh, yeah. but So what's next? What's obviously studying engineering. Yes. Uh, why do you keep going back to university? As someone who's struggling to finish one degree, <laughs> why do you keep going back? Uh, I don't know. I really don't know. Mm-hmm. I had a great career, loved the job, and this new degree in Bathurst popped up and there was an opportunity, mm-hmm. and so I just said yes. I think it's as simple as that. There was a door that opened up, yep. and in the interest of pushing myself and challenging myself and modeling to the kids how to live outside your 
comfortable bubble. Mm-hmm. I just thought, let's give engineering a crack. Cool. And I don't know if I want to be an engineer for the rest of my life. <laughs> it's not it. about that. You'll give it a go for a time. I'll give it a go for a while. Have a good time. But it was never about a yeah. career Building. or strategic direction. It was just pure and simply about shaking it up a little. Yeah, cool. And so one and a half years down of a five and a half year degree. Yeah. Wow. Almost there. No, I haven't even finished a three year degree. <laughs> like in the time that I haven't finished my three year degree, I could have completed your five year degree. <laughs> <laughs> That's how bad it is. Just jump on board with this uh, one. Yeah. Great. I'll just extend another five years under my... Might as well. Yeah. And then never use it. <laughs> so it's a good question. And I ask myself the same thing. Why am I doing this? Why am yeah. I doing... Why am I... Why? And people ask me... Why did you change engineering? And there's generally no solid answer mm-hmm. or no rational or well-reasoned answer. Yep. Apart from those ones that I said before. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So what's next for Empire Arts? Obviously, I know the answer. Well, the vision. Yes. Having discussed with you and branding and stuff. But yes. what's the plan for those who don't know you? Obviously, you've got this music-based business. Yep. Things are going well. You're able to explore your other stuff you want to do engineering-wise and, and yes. still... Make money off the business, run it, and have a good time. Uh, what's the plans? Tom, that's it. The sky's the limit. As long as we're having a good time, I will do whatever I and my staff want to do. It's now about uh, empowering and providing opportunity for the staff to take hold of some of the direction and mm-hmm. the opportunities that are popping up and see what they produce out of that. So the staff are quite an eclectic mix of people, varying <laughs> skill sets, and again, with the same philosophy, that same approach of just loving music and loving people and loving the yeah. arts. Uh, so specifically what they do, who knows? It might be mm-hmm. online videos, it might be drumming workshops, it might be podcasts, it might be instructional DVDs, it might be... Um, graphic design it might be wedding photography I don't know uh, but we're at that stage you're right we're in that position mm-hmm. where we have the opportunity sure. and the doors are opening and if they're not we'll just go and push the doors open yep. and we'll just walk through them so it's an exciting position to be in mm-hmm. having that opportunity and having that space to explore those creative freedoms yep. and not be limited or constricted by the dollar or by time or our own abilities because the staff is very skilled up. Yep. And so, as I said, the sky's the limit. We will do whatever we want to do, I think. Yeah, cool. I like that. Uh, what's, what, as we start to finish up, you said you couldn't talk for an hour. We've been going for 50 minutes. Kidding me. Told is anyone going to listen to this? I wouldn't yeah. listen to this. I'm so boring. <laughs> Someone will listen to it. Someone. Uh, but for that one person that is 17-year-old kids sitting in their bedroom going, oh, I want to teach youth kids drums. Yeah. <laughs> or no, no, but that, anyone that potentially listening in that music kind of scene or that creative scene yes. or early stages entrepreneurial scene, Yes. what's your best bit of advice you would give them? Make sure you find your reason I'm trying to do something really philosophical and deep and I'm just talking rubbish I think (laughs) (laughs) I could come up with some articulate and 
eloquent sort of spiel, but I think at the end of day, at the end of the day, that seventeen-year-old needs to work out what he likes mm-hmm. and do it. Yep, and make sure he fosters good relationships. Yeah, cool. In all areas. Nice clients, landlords, mentors, friends, yep. colleagues, all those things. Find what you like, do it, foster good relationships. I like that. That's not too philosophical. No, it? short, to the point. Good. With a punch. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> I like it a lot. Uh, well, we probably will end it there. Uh, I would say, where can we find you, Aaron? 202 ranking. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to check out Empire Arts, you can go to empirearts.net. Is that our website? Yes. Great. <laughs> or you can find them on Instagram as Empire Arts Music. Or is there Empire a .com? Arts. No, you're .net because .com was taken. This is why Tom does all my social media and website <laughs> Which stuff. Which we do need to talk about Instagram, actually. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've got no idea. Yeah. So, yes, that's where you'll find me. Not at yeah. .net. EmpireArts.net. Correct. .au? No, .au. Just, just .net. Okay, I'll take None that word. really matters anymore. It used to be like .au was Australian only. And yes. .com was the state generally and .es was Espanol. Uh, but now it's just like anything. Like, yeah, right. Because the internet is just so global. It's not... Yeah. Dictated in one place. But the problem is when people buy up domains and hold them. Mm. So my other business I have, I've started with... Is buying up domains. No, 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 no. Is, is oh. We've got another business and we were literally like... I was in the process like ringing my business partner and being like, yo, this domain is free. Do we want this one? Because the one we really wanted was taken. So we're going, cool. Like, this one's a good, good, close to what we wanted. Mm. And in the process of being on the phone to him and actually clicking buy and putting the credit card details mm-hmm. in, someone bought that. They'll sell it back to you for 15000 Uh 12000 That was the well, offer. I went, no. <laughs> we'll just go au. <laughs> Put something else in there. So we worked around, but yeah, it's frustrating. Wow. It's life. But uh, well, thanks for being on the podcast. Pleasure. Appreciate chatting with Thumb. you as always. A.A. Ron. A.A. Ron. I can't quote that, can I? No. Nah. It's a little bit rude. Yeah, yes. we'll lay there, but we'll high five it. Is that what you do all the time? Well, it, it kind of is because we can't really drink coffee because oh. Elsa and Anna are empty. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. It's been a pleasure. My pleasure. <laughs> I love you, Lena. I, I can't do it. I'm laughing. How good? <laughs> <laughs>